Hello and welcome back to the People of Hitachi podcast. My name is Emily Seaton-Potter and I'm your host for today. I work in the Corporate Communications and Sustainability Office at Hitachi Europe. Um, You may have noticed we took a quick break over summer, but we're now back with episode four. So episode four, we're joined by Ram Ramachanda. Ram, could you tell us a bit about you? Hi, Emily. Yeah, very quickly. I'm the head of social innovation for Hitachi in EMEA. Our social innovation business is really at the heart of how we incubate and build new ventures that have a positive impact on society. And our current major focus is really driving new solutions and new businesses to decarbonize and and drive a zero carbon agenda. Uh, A clean energy business, very linked to what I was doing previous to that as I run a a number of startups. Then I moved very quickly really to the SIB business in Europe, um, incubating a range of different things over the last few years, launching businesses in clean energy, in optimizing renewable energy using AI and IoT solutions, doing a smart island project, a famous uh, Isles of Scilly project that we've done in an archipelago outside of the UK, we aim to reduce carbon emissions on the island by 40% and energy prices by 40% by using renewable energy optimization and also digital together. Uh, one of our uh, bigger projects has been uh, in EV called Optimize Prime, where we've connected 3,000 EVs to the grid. Look at the impact of the growth of electrification of transport. It's a project that we've done. And then just launching now an EV business focused uh, public transportation like e-buses, like commercial vehicles. I also run something called the Mobility Accelerator, a digital accelerator working with our rail business and our digital colleagues in uh, SSB. It definitely sounds like a lot to to keep you busy, but it's so interesting to hear how, you know, you've started from your your role to sort of move into this very sustainability focused position. And, you know, hearing about how Hitachi is actually using these solutions to work towards our goal of um, sustainability is so, so important. How possible is this? How What are the big challenges you're facing at the moment? Yeah, look, I mean... <laughs> When I started in um, transitioning from my role in digital into digital and, and climate change about 16 years ago, I was very frustrated by the lack of data, the lack of ability to manipulate the data we did have in the right way. And in that period, we've seen the proliferation of IoT or Internet of Things, where the physical infrastructure is, is easily connected to the, the, the cyber world, bringing a lot of data into the cloud that we can manipulate using a massive growth in AI capability. So now, which this is why I call this environment 2.0, um, we are in a, in, a, in a period of time where we can really, we're kind of limited by our own imagination of how much we can optimize the future uh, green infrastructure. In the early days of climate change, really, we were focused on digital and data being able to even connect to collect the data, that how we, how we uh, expend energy, how we count carbon, etc. We're transitioning to a green infrastructure. Let me explain that. So if you take EV, for instance, or electric vehicles, we're transitioning from a, a traditional value chain of, you know, taking your vehicle, driving it to a petrol station, filling it with diesel or petrol and driving without thinking about how all of that comes together. Now in electrification, we're in a a totally 
different world where a complex ecosystem of uh, the, the grid, electricity supply, uh, the variability of energy supplies using renewable energy and the vehicle connect for the first time. So as you start to connect this very complex ecosystem, you have to have data to be able to optimize the most efficient way of utilizing that. You know, we're going to have a huge amount of vehicles now taking electricity from the grid. So what do you do? Do you increase the size of the grid to be able to cope with that? Do you necessarily have to increase the amount of generation that you do to be able to cope with that? Or do you use data to really understand demand and supply between the vehicle and how much actually you're going to drive the vehicle, how much battery charge do you need, how much is actually available in the grid, because there's more available in the grid than you think, and how do you maximize that? Only data and optimization and analytics uh, can start to put together that kind of connectivity in the most efficient way. What that then means is, is really what we're enabling is an acceleration of this transition to a greener, greener infrastructure using digital. So now we're seeing this whole world of engineering, future infrastructure, and the world of digital really coming together to have a massive impact on our base towards zero carbon. You mentioned, you know, talking about that data, collecting that data is so important. But when you really sort of harness it and understand it, is that a process of trial and error, you know, seeing what works and what doesn't? Or are you able to, you know, sort of as soon as you have the data, implement changes into these these sort of areas? But where we our journey starts generally is looking at a business problem or a, or a specific issue that we're trying to solve in society. So, you know, for instance, if you look at what we've done in Optimize Prime, we had very specific things that we wanted to resolve. Firstly, how do you accelerate commercial vehicle fleets taking up EV on one side? So we're working with Royal Mail, Uber, British Gas, Centrica to understand the challenges in trying to drive to a zero carbon fleet from a, a specific fossil fuel fleet. On the other side of the equation is then enable or take away the restrictions of connectivity to the grid because you know the, the grid operators are conscious of you know overloading the grid because there's so much demand coming in or there'll be too much supply that's needed to, to be able to support the transition. So they're quite restrictive. So how do we work with the grid operators to be able to give more availability to, to easily connect to the grid for, for, for these big fleets that need the energy? So therefore, these are fundamental challenges that we're trying to solve. So then what we do is we collect the data from the tele telemetry data from the vehicles that are operating. How do they fu function? What is the actual requirement for a, a mail vehicle that comes back to a depot every day? And what routes do they follow? Do we have certainty around that? And how do we make sure they get the right charge? What is the requirement of a, an Uber taxi moving around in cities with multiple charging point requirements? Correlate that data to demand and supply from the grid and start to look at how do we solve this problem of the new ecosystem. So it's really starting the journey around data with very specific challenges we need to solve and using analytics, AI and digital to solve those problems. But the process of collecting the data to solve those problems means that you're creating uh, an asset, uh, all of these different parts of the system coming together 
then you can look at that and say, hey, what else can we do? Uh, how can we start to think about battery analytics? Because we've got all this data about the battery. How can we extend the life of the battery in a vehicle? Therefore, you build new business models and new opportunities as you start to collect that, that sort of Google impact, if you like. Once you've got a huge uh, element, a huge capacity of data, you can start to innovate new things off the back of that data. So Ram, could you tell us how do you build a sustainable business without creating more problems? How do we innovate sustainably? The, the first thing I learned when I started my first business in, uh, in clean tech or, or, or in sustainability was in climate change, there's a complex chain impact. So you're absolutely right. If you solve one problem, you have to make sure that you understand the unforeseen consequences of solving that problem. So one of the things that we do do in, 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 in social innovation, which we started to do very early on, is we kind of map out the entire ecosystem so that we do understand the unforeseen consequences and we start to manage those as well, as well as very, being very focused on our solution. A good example is EV. You know, when an EV is manufactured, it comes with its own carbon footprint. Okay, in terms of the battery, et cetera, in terms of the vehicle manufacturing. Now, when you connect that to the grid to charge it, unless you're utilizing renewable energy or clean energy to do that, you, you start to build up an additional footprint around this. So it's very important that you understand in the entire ecosystem how you're ensuring that everything is connecting to the right kind of ecosystem to be able to provide a net zero impact on what we're doing. So we think about what kind of energy ecosystem do we plug into? What is the impact of that? We think about what happens to recycling batteries as they come uh, to the end of life. Can we reuse them onto the grid? So the entire life cycle must have ultimately a net zero impact. And that's a very complicated ecosystem to model um, in the future of zero. So it is a very important point that you made there that I just wanted to re-emphasize. So I feel like that probably leads us on to quite a good place to talk about maybe your ambitions, you know, what's coming up um, in your area of the business. Um, obviously, we've got COP happening in a matter of months. Is there anything you'd like to sort of share about, you know, what's next? Yeah, look, we, we, we're uh, in a very exciting period. Uh, in um, SIB at the moment, where uh, we've launched our e-bus and uh, EV light commercial and e-depot uh, as a service business. So we've launched a new business model, a new solution, a whole bunch of new technology to be able to work very closely with large fleet operators, large public sector transportation operators like bus operators, and 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 look at all of the infrastructure that they have to change to be able to move to a, an electrified, a zero carbon fleet. Now, that, that's a, a major agenda globally, where all of these vehicles need to transition to uh, uh, an EV fleet from where they are today by 2050. And that's a, that's a big journey. And I feel very strongly right now that we've built uh, a great solution with a great business model, with a fantastic uh, uh, capability to help clients successfully transition into that zero carbon world. Taking that innovative approach that we've been incubating over the last year and a half or so to a, a full-blown commercial success and enable organic growth in the business, it's a very exciting journey for us. 
So that's the big thing that we're driving now and we'll be very focused on going forward. But in terms of sustainability, there's lots of other things. Uh, there are rail guys looking at battery-operated trains, looking at mobility as a service and how do we make cities um, more efficient around what we're doing. The energy business building out energy as a service, digital grid. Um, and, and so this is a good, a, a, good, a good portfolio of future solutions that are coming through our businesses, especially through the acquisitions that we've made re- recently in, in, in uh, energy and in digital. I think we're in a fantastic place to be able to launch great new businesses to have a positive impact on uh, climate change. So I'm very excited about all of that feel very privileged to be involved in it um, and, and, and being at the forefront of driving that transformation through, through what we're doing. On a personal basis, I, I think I made that transition into climate change in, in 16 years ago. And I felt at the early phase that we didn't have as much of an impact in Environment 1.0, as I'd like to call it, because the, the, the investment world moved from climate change very quickly into investing in AI and, and in IoT, but we're now back. You know, uh, the green economy is seen as being the major recovery economy for post-COVID world. Governments are investing huge amounts of money in transitioning to a green infrastructure. Uh, private sector investments is pouring in into the ESG world. And companies like Hitachi are really attacking that agenda very positively. So I feel like, you know, we're in the right place at the right time. Uh, So yeah, very excited about where the next 10 years is leading. I think this is the possibly the most important COP since COP started, because we're moving into a challenging period in climate change. And I think it is important that we see this uh, COP arrive at very um, realistic, achievable, uh, but yet ambitious targets from governments and those commitments coming through. And for the first time, as I said, you've got the positive view on investment in climate change being a positive impact on the economy, and at the same time, having a really positive impact on how we transition a zero carbon world. But at the same time, we're seeing some significant consequences of climate change coming through all over the world right now. So it is important that we come out of COP26 in November uh, with some actionable output from governments and from businesses as we go forward. Thank you so much, Ram, for joining us. It was incredibly interesting to listen to your perspective on lots of these different topics. Um, Next episode, we will be talking to David Green, who is the head of sustainability at Hitachi's research and development lab. Thank you, everybody, for listening and see you next time.